Hello and welcome to European Pharmaceutical Reviews podcast. In this episode, we're with Professor Dr. Marcus Koch, Head of the Oncology Business Division Europe at Daichi Sankyo. My name is Hannah Balfour. I'm the science writer at European Pharmaceutical Review, and I will be your host today. Breast cancer is the second most common cancer type worldwide, and the most common in women, accounting for a quarter of all female cancer cases in 2020. Breast cancers are classified by a range of different biomarkers, including hormone receptors for estrogen and progesterone. Despite recent therapeutic development improving the prognoses for these patients, unmet needs still remains. So hi Marcus, thank you for joining me today. To start us off, could you briefly tell me about your current role and industry experience? Thank you very much, Anna. Yeah, my name is Marcus Kosh. I have the privilege of leading the European division and organization of Daichi Sankyo in oncology that includes the medical functions, access, also commercial functions. I've been working in oncology for all of my professional life, basically starting off as an academic physician in a university hospital, treating patients, doing trials, including cancer patients. And then I moved on in first medical affairs in the industry, later in a couple of different commercial and strategic roles before I took over the leadership role at Daichi Sankyo in Europe last year. Sounds like you have a great amount of experience to help talk about this topic today. So what are the current medical needs and challenges in breast cancer treatment right now? So as you might know, Hannah, breast cancer is still the world's most common type of cancer and one of the leading causes of cancer-related death. Like some 2 million cases every year of breast cancer are diagnosed and still more than 700,000 women are dying of this disease year after year. So breast cancer is the second most common cancer overall and by far the most common cancer in women. So the medical need is still extremely high and many people are affected or know at least somebody who is, but yet stopping the disease has proved very challenging. And though awareness of specifically this disease is really high in the society, what people do not realize is that unfortunately one in three women still progresses to a metastatic state. While there have been many significant advancements over the last years in metastatic breast cancer, one key challenge is for that most patients will eventually develop resistance and disease progression. And the mechanisms of resistance appear to be different for various molecules and treatment uh, approaches. So as we descend the ladder of lower and later resistant, there has been always one more step. And that is where now the key medical need for those women is. And obviously, we're still ongoing with the COVID pandemic. It's worse in some areas than others. So what impact has uh, COVID-19 had on the on cancer treatment generally, and especially breast cancer care? That's an excellent question. And 
obviously the pandemic and the lockdowns over the last two or more than two years now had a severe and very harsh impact on cancer care in general. And that's specifically true for screening programs like mammograms and breast cancer. We have seen in many countries, and the numbers are really frightening, that the frequency of mammograms and the rate of diagnosis have been gone down in many cancers down to 50% or so. And of course, the incidence will not change, but those women are now diagnosed later at more advanced disease. And we already see this happening in colleagues from clinics tell me that they see now more women that present at later stages of their disease, where obviously treatment becomes more challenging. So the impact that the pandemic had on cancer care and specifically on breast cancer screening programs is certainly underestimated right now, I would say, and it should be a societal priority to catch up, let's say, to, to restore those programs to what they should be, to normal, and to give women that are affected by the pandemic and suffer now a more advanced disease should get the full support of, of society and everybody involved. And I suppose more than just sort of immediate term cancer care, which obviously it's had a great impact on, it also has the potential to impact the future where clinical trials were disrupted. So drug development was stalled for a certain length of time. Yeah, no, couldn't agree more. Of course, that's another factor. Obviously, the delivery of cancer care has been impacted in many countries and like telemedicine or virtual medicine is not always a good option for a cancer patients on regular treatment. That is clearly one short-term effect, but you're absolutely right. Also many clinical development programs uh, have been disrupted, have been delayed. And what we see right now with the war in the Ukraine and the general political challenges around has not improved much, I would say, over the last 12 months, even the pandemic seems to be to some degree under a better control. Absolutely. And I'm sure monkeypox, that recent outbreak, will also not help the recovery efforts. So beyond that, are there any key emerging therapeutic modalities, such as cell and gene therapies, that are helping to treat cancer patients these days? Yeah, that's what I find so fascinating about specifically breast cancer research. There is a lot of movement and momentum and innovation going on. For me personally, it was always important to make an impact in the cancer space from when I was a very young student, probably because I lost my father to cancer early in my life and always had a focus on that area in medicine. So what's most important with any innovation is that it actually serves the patients. It's important that treatments and care improve also their quality of life while extending it. I'm happy to say that emerging innovations in cancer research today hold the potential to dramatically improve patient care. Like next to other innovations like CAR-T and cell and gene therapies, the so-called antibody drug conjugates, I believe, have the potential to really make a difference in cancer treatment moving forward. Antibody drug conjugates, so-called ADCs, are targeted cancer medicines that combine target specificity and anti-tumor activity in a single molecule. It's a pretty smart approach that has been developed years back, but has been 
technically so improved that we now see pretty impressive results, actually. The idea is that targeting certain proteins at the surface expressed of cancer cells specifically is um, are combined with a very toxic, actually, anti-cancer medicine. So you deliver a very potent therapy, very specifically, very targeted to cancer cell while avoiding collateral damage to healthy cells. And this targeted approach has contributed to growing optimism around the utility in many cancers with solid tumors. So these proteins that we target, typically overexpressed on the surface of the cancer cells, provide a clear target to locate and bind on the surface of this construct. And once it is internalized in the cell, the linker between the antibody and the warhead is, is cleaved and the toxin does its trick. So this mechanism, and especially seeing it working so well in recent trials and in clinical science, is certainly something that makes me very excited about working in that space. And in, in my opinion, this modality has really the potential to even replace traditional chemotherapy as the standard of care. Wow, that's really amazing to hear that there is a potential to replace sort of the broad spectrum chemotherapy as standard of care. And what is Daichi Sanko working on with regards to breast cancer treatment development? Daichi Sanko is a Japanese company, as you might know, that made some 10 years back the strategic decision to direct its R&D towards oncology. And we have committed to, in the five years between 21 and 26, to, to invest more than 11 billion euro on our oncology R&D and clinical program. That's an enormous investment. So we are across a number of tumor types and across a number of treatment modalities really committed to the space and to our patients. And with that investment, how does Daichi Sanko actually approach drug development for breast cancer? For us, technology and innovation are at the heart of everything we do. Behind the current clinical advances and, and successes, there's a long commitment to actually basic research, to technical improvements. So technology is crucial for us. And with the rapidly increasing medical evidence, coupled with the decreasing supply of medical experts, also digitalization is important and can bridge the gap with patients. We have a good experiences, for example, with telemedicine for COVID-19 patients and with some AI-based assistance that support doctors in making decisions. So these experiences are transferable potentially to the care of cancer patients, and we, we explore that. By pulling these experiences, we learn how to better align our drug development processes to help breast cancer patients more effectively. Absolutely. Patient centricity is definitely a key uh, trend in the industry and something we're looking forward to seeing more of going forwards. And with that in mind, what do you hope or what could the future of breast cancer care look like? So cancer touches many people and will affect many people in their lives. Every second of our listeners, every second person of our generation will face the diagnosis of a malignant disease through their lifetime. Due to the progress that we have made, obviously many of those affected people will survive, will potentially be cured or live a long, long time with their disease. So this is why this therapeutic area never sleeps. And we are constantly striving to improve outcomes, innovate, 
so that one day cancer may not be viewed as a terminal ill state of health anymore, but potentially more as a chronic disease. And in some cancers, we are already very close to that targets, while in others, there is a lot to do. And we believe that systemic disease control is critical to extending survival and delaying especially the development of resistances and, and further metastasis. To me, it's important that the focus on cancer care, on development of new innovative approaches is really a priority for the society because it has to be and it should be. And my concern is, as I said earlier, that giving the uh, challenges around us from a pandemic to a war in Europe to many other societal challenges might overlay the need for really focusing on cancer care and cancer research and making this the priority in society that it needs to be. Absolutely. It's absolutely critical. And as you say, it touches so many people's lives. I know I've been personally affected. You mentioned you've been personally affected as well. So it's really critical that we make not only every effort we can to help combat cancer, but also make the treatments and the side effects better as we move forwards. What, Marcus, do you believe will be critical to achieving this vision of the future of cancer care? I believe critical to achieving this vision to really better support cancer patients and more, even more effectively uh, tackle cancer as a disease. It is to really come together and work together, to join forces across academia, industry, governments and political stakeholders to really join forces to make this a priority for us all. Because, uh, look, cancer is so important, but also so complex. It's not one disease, it is thousands of diseases. And to really overcome this, I think we need to work together. So to me, collaboration, building mutual trust and joining forces is probably the most critical success factors to win this war against cancer. I think a good summary to what we just discussed. The vision should be that in a future state, zero patients perceive a cancer diagnosis as a life sentence. That was our vision then, and it is still our my vision now and our vision now. Yeah, we really saw the importance of collaboration through the pandemic and showed that it's possible in a way we'd never really seen before. So hopefully that's something we can now pivot into other areas to tackle some of these major health challenges. But unfortunately, that's all the time we have to discuss today. So thank you, Marcus, for joining us and for your wonderful insights into drug development in the metastatic breast cancer space, and particularly how important collaboration will be and your vision for the future of breast cancer care. On behalf of European Pharmaceutical Review, Professor Dr. Marcus Koch and Daichi Sankyo, thank you for listening and we hope you'll join us for our next episode.